0: I love hearing stories from people who were actually there. My grandfather is approaching his 101st birthday, which means he was 10 years old before the first commercial radio station received a license. The dude predates all this. He has stories about the rise of the automobile and airplanes and television. He can talk with authority about historical figures, politicians, wars, events, because well, the guy was there. I just wish he hadn't thrown out all those old gramophones that he had in the attic that happened around 1950. Those things would be worth a lot of money these days. Anyway, to me, that's way better than reading about something or seeing it on TV. There is nothing like the personal perspective, which brings me to music. Some of the best books I've ever read are oral histories, collections of quotes and recollections and reminisces from people who were there at the time. Again, nothing like the personal touch. This is why, when I had a chance to talk to someone who was right in the middle of the whole Madchester thing in Manchester, England in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, someone whose brain cells are still intact, I thought, awesome, let's do this. This is part two of an oral history of Madchester. This is the Ongoing History of New Music, the podcast edition with Alan Cross. From 1990, Commercial Rain from the Inspiral Carpets, one of the bands that formed the Holy Trinity of Manchester, that crazy and wildly popular scene in Manchester, England that flourished in the late 80s and early 90s. This was music that set the stage for much of the British indie music that was to come for the next 15 years. In fact, we're still feeling the impact of Manchester today. Hello again, I'm Alan Cross, and this is part two of an oral history of that whole thing. And our storyteller is Gaz Whelan, the former drummer for the Happy Mondays. Now, along with the carpets and the stone roses, the Mondays exemplified what Madchester was all about. And Gaz had a very unique perspective on what actually happened as things peaked and then crashed. On part one, we heard about the rise of this new generation of bands. And for the longest time in the early 90s, it looked like the party would never end. It did, of course. And uh, the Mondays had to take some of the blame. Okay, a lot of the blame. Let's pick it up just as the Mondays were writing the massive success of their Pills, Thrills, and Belly Aches album through 1991. So uh, Pills and Thrills and Belly Aches comes out. You guys mm. are uh, that's you know, a huge sensation mm. at home, mm. uh, an international sensation. Factory mm. Records is, is flying mm. high. Yeah. Uh, but like every other band on Factory Records, you never really had a contract with them.
1: Apparently we did, though. <laughs> we do remember it, but apparently we did have some sort of contract with them, yeah. Oh, yeah we did have a contract, and I think uh, New you did because when we London but I think it was on them kind of factor record you know Tony we didn't have a contract, but I think I think we did yeah I remember signing something I signed something <laughs> <right>. <laughs> no we did we had a contract, but it was they were they, they were pretty they would they'd let us do what we want they were great well yeah, they'd let you do what, what And you Tony wanted. loved it everyone in fact hated us apart from Tony loved us everyone hated us oh, actually no, not everyone actually a couple a couple of people liked us there, but mo- for the most part, the other bands and the other managers and the other people didn't really. Didn't really take to us. Well, well, you, dro- you, you broke the company. No, we didn't. That's another myth. We didn't. That was New Order and had, had an album out for a couple of years. They owed us a lot of money. In fact, they owed us a lot of money. We spent quite a bit in Barbados, but not as much as I think we spent half a million. It cost altogether, but it wasn't. That didn't break them. They, they, bad management broke them. And they actually after that, when they when they uh, disbanded, when when they went under, they owed us a lot of money.
0: Well, they, and we owed okay Tony wasn't a, yeah well we'll talk about that in a second mm. but, but Tony wasn't the greatest businessman he was he was an artist and, and, a, and a supporter of the artist more he was than
1: shrewd he was. but he wasn't yeah uh, yeah yeah he wasn't he was a great you know he was a great guy I, 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 but Tony was a bit of a mean me charm become really good friends with Tony do what you do with
0: Happy Mondays in loose fits from their 1990 album, Pills and Thrills and Belly Aches. All right, you're going to want to hear these next stories from Monday's drummer, Gaz Whelan. It was finally time to make a follow-up album. It didn't go well. At all. When you went to Barbados, you went to Eddie Grant's (laughs) studio. How many cars were destroyed? Uh, Well, I I don't
1: know. It was... You don't know. The roads are really bad, but they were. But it was about. I think it was about. I thought it was nine, but then someone told me it was more. But it was. We had a lot of time on our hands. It was. It, we was. If you know Barbados, all the tourist side is on. Is on. Is on the. Um, it's on the west side. On the west side, because obviously because of the water. The Caribbean and and we were on the east side. Edgar Grant Studio was a great studio.
0: It's down on the southeast, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's Atlantic. So it's not the uh, I think it's Atlantic. Yeah, Is it? yeah. So it's really windy. So so there's no tourists there. So it's local. So we were there. The roads aren't done in the tourist area. And we we, we, we had a, it was January, so it'd been bleak in England. And we had a, we had a pretty good time there. It was. <laughs> We Had some, the first night we arrived, we stayed at this place called Sam Lord's Castle. Which oh, is, yeah, I know exactly in, uh, where you're
0: talking about on the east coast.
1: On the east coast, we got kicked out. Of the, 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 I can't believe that they would even take your uh, reservation. It was, it was great. It was, we got, I mean, we, the night we arrived there, we'd had a long flight and they greeted us with rum, bad mistake. And then we, uh, there was a, some cabaret band on, I'm never forget, they were called Spice or the Spice Boys, something mad like that. And we all went to bed. A PD, our keyboard player, who was, uh, Crazy to say the least. Uh, should we we, were, we, were, we we got up for breakfast early. We were having breakfast, and we see him getting escorted by the police. And he'd got so annoyed that he hated the cabaret band that he'd got up stage and attacked <laughs> one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's how it all started. So that's how it all started, and then he just went down from there. But it was it was you know it was. I had a good time there. I enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't get Because when you play drums, you're in the studio the first week yourself. Right. So you get to know the producer, you get, you know, and you hang around. And I used to sit in the studio all the time anyway to go through it to... I was the boring one who liked to, you know, with the music and stuff like... He'd be like, like he is with us now. But, uh, so I, I didn't get involved in all that. You know, I, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I, I was drinking a lot of a lot of local rum. I was uh, self-medicating with a lot of local herb. And that was it. I was, you know, and I was having... Me, and, Vanessa, my wife, came over and she stayed with us and she was there. As all our families came over, we, were still, we had a party with about 30 people at one point. So she came over and we were in a, right in a house just outside the studio. We had, our, we had our own time, so we were great. So it was, I've just got to say, the, 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 sec, the first night I was in the studio, I finished playing drums. It was about one o'clock in the morning. And I was driving back and I was looking for a little bar and the guy said, oh, there's a little bar, it's like a shack, there's a little bar here. So he, he parked the car, so I go in him. so I sat at the bar and it's literally a shack. And I'm drinking, and it must have been about there, about two or three hours, getting the early hours. And then all of a sudden, we heard this noise, and this car comes through the, f- the front bit of the bar. It's, like, it's not a proper wood. The wood just jumps up in this car. And, like, and everyone jumps up, oh, and then Sean walks in. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I heard you was here. And he said, the <laughs> so guy drove into the bar? They drove right into the bar. Literally, I remember it being here, and he, he must have come. He came three foot into the bar. <laughs> And the guy who owned it was an ex-ex cricket West Indian cricketer who had a bit of money. So we said, "Oh, sorry, we'll pay for it. It's fine, it's fine." And the guy was over said, "Yeah, they're from the studio. We'll pay for it. You know, it's all fine, it fine. but I'm, the cards that came through." So did that get built back to factory or recoup from you? Yeah, we. You, your bands pay for everything. The band will pay for everything, don't they? I mean, in fact, we don't. I, I don't believe we bankrupt. I think they use that. I don't think. I don't oh, think we okay. did. I really don't think we did. I, I we did. do
0: remember seeing Bez with his arm in some kind of. <laughs> he was I, <laughs> medical. Device. Oh, with Bez, Be- nothing. Bez always
1: wants to. Bez wants to always prove something, and he he, he got off in a he, he had a jeep, a jeep without a you know the proper kind of jeep, and he went off into the marshlands. And where the where the where the where the the studio was, there was a pool, and as just saw the pool. He was looking out one day, and there's this marshland there's this jeep upside down, and he was crushed. He turned upside down, he was crushed, and he had all these pins in his arm. And then two days I, I, don't, I don't know about two weeks after, he was. You know, trying to trying to jet ski in the you know, and, uh, and broke it again. And we said to the guy, you know, but he was. I mean, but <laughs> he must have been about a week in, and I'm in the studio. And the guy, Mark, I think he was called, who worked with Chris, a guy from New York, said, uh, "You've got to go up to the to the pool and have a look." And I knew they were spending. So lads had to spend a lot of time in the local crack dens because uh, we you know, obviously we knew about it. And uh, he said, "Go up to the." Uh, the pool and i went up to the pool and they turned the sun you know the sun lounges you call them sun lounges sunbeds mm. you know the have around the pool they turned and they made a, a crack then out of them. <laughs> it stopped up into a crack den. and i just thought i was like oh i just i was i just thought it was hilarious but, okay you know, so at some point we knew yeah. it was ending we knew he was gonna come well that's that's what we i knew. was just gonna yeah. say
0: you know when you get to that level of goofiness yeah we you, knew you knew that okay we've peaked yeah And now we're just milking it Oh
1: we knew We knew I think but From from that very first Top of the Pots thing we, we thought we were milking it every week We thought that's it It's going to go any second Let's just milk it Whereas if you've been smart You don't have to do that And you could last longer
0: The Happy Mondays with a single called Judge Fudge that helped bridge the gap between pills, thrills, and bellyaches, and whatever came next. And I can tell you that what came next was a disaster. Hold on. You're listening to the Ongoing History of New Music, the podcast edition with Alan Cross. This is part two of an oral history of the Manchester period in England. Our guide is Happy Mondays drummer Gaz Wieland. And we're at the point where the party starts to go terribly, terribly wrong. But it wasn't just you. I mean, by this time, the Roses had gotten to their whole Silvertone thing and they were Unable to get anything together. Yeah. Um. The Inspiral Carpets had gone past their best day. The, the charlatans were still hanging around, although they were going to have keyboard player problems.
1: Yeah. Not, yeah. Charltons have done well. Actually, still still doing well. And they're yeah. still together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. And then, uh, you know, Noel Gallagher comes out of nowhere. Eventually. I remember. Yeah. I remember him well. Do you yeah. remember him playing? Uh. Uh. Roading for the. Carpets? Yeah. I remember him well. Yeah. I, re- I
1: remember. It. I remember. Uh. Yeah, I, I do remember it well. I was going to say something to them, but I knew he'll get. I, I've never said it to him, and he'll get really upset if he ever said it. But yeah, I remember I did an interview, a radio interview, and I went back into the Ascender downstairs. That He was. And he'd fallen out with Sean because Sean had some words with his spirals, but I hadn't. Because I knew Clint, Clint was okay. And, me, and I kind of knew Noel through him. And. Uh, and we got to talk about Neil today. Oh, it was a great interview. We had a few drinks. He said, If you ever need anyone to do your drums, I'll do it. But I've never, whenever I see him now, you'll know, you can see when we're in company. I, on Monday, I'll, I'll say in front of everybody. But you know, he's not done bad, has he? No, he's, he's okay. He's done okay.
0: The Charlatans, a band from the original Manchester era who, despite all the odds, are still together. Back to Gaz Whelan. Here's the real story of the album that helped bring down Factory Records. So let's, uh, Mm. so we, you come Mm. (laughs) come back to Factory Records with uh, no vocals on this new record. Yeah, no vocals, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Sean couldn't be arsed, or uh, it just did not yeah, out. But
1: that wasn't unusual. That you know, that wasn't unusual. We'd we we'd, we'd write albums, and he didn't, and then we'd do the music. We'd have like ten songs, and he didn't have the lyrics for him. So that wasn't unusual. You know, it wasn't. It, excuse me. It wasn't. He um, didn't. I think he'd done one song. So that wasn't very usual. That was unusual. But it wasn't unusual because he'd he'd always do the lyrics later. He never got involved in the music ever. Never got involved in the music whatsoever. He just did the lyrics, and he always did them later. So it wasn't so much of a concern. A concern.
0: So, uh, the Yes Please album doesn't really work.
1: Uh, uh, you know what? It's, it's Bessie's favourite album. It's had it's since, it's been like, you know, it's about, without trying to sound grand, it's been like Exile and Main Street. It now, reviews by people, it actually got good reviews. It went to number three. It did okay. It's out of there, I think there's 10 songs in it, there's six that are good. I think there's four that, that really let it down. So I, I like think stinky it, thinking. As it's Mummy. Stinky Finger's is a great tune. Is yeah. Judge Fudge from that record? Yeah. Judge Fudge. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember that was on that. Judge Fudge is one of my favorite Monday songs. Actually, Judge Fudge. I don't know if that was on that album. I'm not sure. But there's Cut Loose There's a couple of great tunes on it. But but he wasn't. it didn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't an album. It was a collection of you know trying together songs. But I think it, you know he was not recorded by quite.
0: a bunch of people wrecking cars, doing crack. Uh, but that
1: was that, that was normal. You know that was, it was just different. You know I think Bummed was the uh, was the ecstasy album. Pills and Fruits was, was everything. Was the LA everything, whatever you can get all of an LA album, and then that was was Herb and whatever you know they were doing. Yeah.
0: The Happy Mondays and Stinking Thinking from the Yes Please album. The record that pretty much marked the end of whatever Manchester was. We'll sift through the debris in just a second. Now back to the ongoing history of new music, the podcast edition with Alan Cross. This is an oral history of Manchester. A look at that time in Manchester, England, when it seemed that the city was the center of some strange, wonderful musical universe. Here is more from Gaz Whelan of the Happy Mondays. So Manchester, that 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 the Manchester thing. Mm comes to an end somewhere around what do you figure 92 93
1: 93 yeah so it's only 93 maybe yeah because it, mm. it
0: it had burned very brightly mm. very hard for about four years mm, which is remember, usual that's usual yeah of, uh, that's about right i remember mm. being on this side of the, mm. the atlantic and looking forward to the import records that would come out every wednesday here oh is that what i did all oh, right okay. and you know it seemed that every week there was a band or a song that was either from Manchester or wanted to be from Manchester. And it was just an absolutely glorious time because of all these these great records that were coming out. And uh, But then suddenly it dries up because people mm. are, I mean, the bands burn out, yeah, yeah, yeah. people lose interest in it, yeah. and they move on to the and next Something bit. happens, yeah, yeah. And then there's a bit of a lull, and then Britpop comes along.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Britpop's foundations were essentially Manchester. Well, Manchester's foundations are
1: originally Northern Soul and stuff, and I think there's a... Uh, I think it's bizarre. Even now, it's still it kind of it's not left. In my, every TV show, every comedy show in, in the UK, every if they want to portray any musician, if it's always set in Manchester, isn't it? everything's set in Manchester. Everything in the UK, every TV program about you know, royal yeah, um, family, yeah, everything. And, and and what's that one that's shameless and all? That, it's all you know And it's kind of they've got that stereotypical Manchester Union now. So you know, and then obviously since Oasis, but it's bands. Manchester's always been. I don't know why Manchester's been this great musical city. You know, bands from you know. From the Bee Gees to, you know, uh, you know <laughs> the guy, you know, the singer of David Jones from The Monkeys you know, the singer of The Monkeys of Sir Manchester, you know, to, uh, you know, the guy of Crosby, Sills and Nash, you know, Graeme Nash of Sir Manchester, you know, I don't know, it's, 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 it's right across the board, I don't know why, really, there's loads of bands, there's loads, there's loads, Oasis, Buzzcocks of Fall, James, Godly and Cream, Badly Drawn Boy, Elbow, you know, John May Star Sailor Verve, Phil Linnett, grew up in Manchester. Miss New artist Simply read all these, you know, it goes on and on and there's, there's just bands and bands and bands, you know.
0: Well, things have changed a little bit now too because Manchester has been gentrified Mm. you know you've got Mm. I mean I've seen I've never been but I've seen pictures you know glorious buildings and and, and great places you know the the student population has exploded and Mm. it looks like a really cool place to be well it's always had it's
1: got it's got three universities: Manchester, Manchester Met and Salford it's had the biggest gay uh, community outside London uh, biggest student population in Europe so it's it's got all these things coming together It's it's now become a very European say it's the capital of the north it's the London of the north so it's kind of, it's changed. The grittiness has gone, but it's still, you know, it's not. You have to go far well, to listen, find it. You've
0: got Manchester United, Manchester City. Mm. You put the two rosters together, and you have a, a payroll that's somewhere around eight hundred and fifty million dollars mm. between the two teams. Um, that's not a poor city. Oh no, no, it's it's got money. It's got, but
1: it's and it, but it's a very it's a very left wing working class city. Very, you know, like it's it's a very very. Uh, it's like in Liverpool always has, but kinda of Liverpool kind of got left behind, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, the well it's like Age of Industry's gone now, isn't it? Age of industry, you know. But it's it, yeah, but it, in England a lot of things are based around working class people, it's based around, especially in Manchester, when you grew up when we grew up it was these three things, it's the older Trinity. It's music, it's football, and it's fashion. Them three things are really important. None more important than the other. And they go together. They go together. Explain to me the social significance of following either City or United? Well, he's a City fan. i mean, United fan. It's, it's different. It's, there's, it's, there's no significance to it now. It was areas. So Western North Manchester was mainly United. South and East was City. Uh, United was originally the Catholic team. City was uh, uh, the Protestant team. Uh, City initially was a rich club. United was a working man's club so it's settled by the trade unions. But that doesn't, it's not, that, that's not the case now. You know? So it's, not, it's, it's certainly not the case now. So there's no really significance, but there's a, isn't it? It's, it's just it's an identity. I don't I don't know what the difference is, but we, the city is it's it's not just about your football team. You can never change your team. It's about your football team says everything about what you're about. Mm. But times have changed. Money the last ten years, it's all kind of got you know lost in the.
0: Well, you've got an American owning one, and then a guy from what Dubai or yeah. United you know, Arab Emirates are on the other,
1: and, and probably going to buy United out as well, yeah, soon, yeah. So I don't, but it's it's kind of changed anyway. But
0: that's that's how it used to be. So the, the Mondays uh, had to get back together a couple of times for tax reasons.
1: No, that was that was just Sean saying that to kind of, have a, as a bit of a, uh, a safety net in case it all went pear-shaped. Just so it looked like we the thing about, it's kind of like not trying to look like we needed to get back or we wanted to. It's, Sean's got this thing where he doesn't like to enjoy it. If it looks like he's enjoying it, it's not... That's a real Manchester thing as well. You got to look like you're not enjoying it. If you're enjoying it, it's not very cool, you know. Mm. So it's that kind. Of, it's a very English thing as well, isn't it? But especially a very Manchester thing. Uh, so it's that was kind of thing. Is oh, oh god, oh, I've got to do it. But he wasn't. He wasn't for tax reasons, no. So how many times did you get back here? Only the only the ones. We never really split up after that. We just we just took a break. Oh. It was only really the ones. And now you're done with them. Yeah, me and Bez had enough. We 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 did uh, Australia last year, and I started dipping hippy mafia, and I was like, I knew I had to leave one to concentrate on the other uh, and it got to the point where Sean you know was cutting the set so he wanted to do 20 minutes didn't hate doing it and if you hate doing it you, you, you know, can't
0: do a 20 minute set
1: I know you can't you know and, and, and we, was, we was headlining festivals where they want you to do an hour and a half and we were doing like 50 minutes and we'd go off and we'd play for twenty and he was and he, we had to pay him to come in the studio to do recordings and we was doing a new album which was sounding great weren't it the new tunes and no it really wasn't sounding as good as the early stuff really fresh and uh he wouldn't he'd pay me to come in the studio I was like what do you mean pay you to come in the studio you know so but he was I think he'd got to the point where he just didn't he wanted to do his solo stuff and we all, I wanted to do this so I think you know it was all kind of we'd all had enough of each other
0: The Happy Mondays, with their version of Thin Lizzy's The Boys Are Back in Town. Now, if you listen carefully, you'll see it's the same song. It is a cover. Back with one more Manchester story from Gaz Whelan, and we'll do that in a sec. More of the Ongoing History of New Music, the podcast edition, with Alan Cross. Here are some final comments about Manchester from Happy Mondays drummer Gaz Whelan.
1: No, yeah, no, it is... Because that time in Manchester, it was bizarre because it was, I'd say what, the, the first time ever you'd be in a club and you'd hear people would come up from London, you'd get a coach, you know, get coach, and people don't travel. I mean, for you to travel three hours, it's nothing, but no one travels, certainly not out of London, no one travels to the provincial cities in London. He'd go in, there'd there be coaches and train stations, people from London, Saturday daytime or even Fridays in Piccadilly Station in Manchester in, in like lunchtime, all these Londoners piling off to go, you know, and staying in Manchester for the weekend and it was mad and it just got silly, you know, and... And (laughs) I remember it. Oh, I remember, you know, I was never the, you know, Bez still to this day is just, he's just, it's wild, you know, and he always will be. You know, I had my moments, but, you know, I I also liked, you know, I liked a bit of clarity. I liked liked to know what was going on, you know. Someone had to kind of have their head together Mm. when we were were, uh, were doing stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, I wasn't, you know, I was no page boy. Well, you weren't no Sean. No, but Sean, no, 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 but, you know, no, I wasn't. No, Sean was kind of... Don't know why Sean... Yeah, he's shy. Sean's shy. So that's why he did it, you know. He was shy, basically. And we were kind of all kind of insecure. It's a, it's a, it's a class thing in England. It's a working class thing you, you don't get above your station. It's really hard to explain, but it's kind of like if you are working class and you, and, you, and you make something or you do something, you, you know, you've know, got to know... You always you know, know your place. It's, it's strange. Yeah it's, yeah, it's true. And we all subscribe to it. You know, if i got an airplane and the guy... The pilot says we're going to fly... You know, I'm flying back in. He's, he's got a Manchester accent. I might like, get me off this plane, you know, I don't... <laughs>
0: But if he's called Giles and he speaks from Rooksburg draftings I feel okay, you know. And that's the way it was during the Manchester era. Technical production for this one was by Rob Johnston and Mike Sullivan. Thanks to Gaz, I'm Alan Cross. You've been listening to the Ongoing History of New Music, the podcast edition with Alan Cross. Subscribe to the podcast at iTunes and through Google Play.